You're listening to Not Another Origin Story, the comic book movie podcast. I'm your host, Pokes, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ben Chapman. Uh, when did they name Jennifer Garner's character Nachos? Uh, sometime during this film, and they could not get enough characters to say Nachos. Hi, this is Ben Chapman here. He read Nachos talk from the recent movie we just watched, Daredevil, uh, a nightmare from which I don't think I will ever wake. It was. It's. It's not great. And you know, when we watch the real dregs of comic book movies, when our guests refuse to watch them with us, we go to one man, a man who I guess neither one of us must like because we only ask him the two bad movies. When, when, it, when it comes to watching poorly directed, bad cinematography films with no redeeming qualities forever, we go to one man, uh, a man we, they say that is the man with no fear. Uh, that is... The, and that is my man, Michael Hayes. Hello? I heard someone say my name, but I can't see anybody. I've been blinded by the most awful cinematography I could ever imagine. You mean not Which one, not two? less hackney than not, the way it happens in the movie. Not one, not two, but three puddle transitions? Uh, and, like, two or three or four, like, eyeglass transitions? Yeah, eyeball zoom transitions, uh, yeah. Standard uh, stuff. I have never seen that many puddle transitions in any film ever. It was insane. They they did like the third time. I was like, really? You're just still sticking with this? If I see not an interesting look. If I see one more Dutch tilt, I'm gonna have a seizure. Uh, My favorite part though is that it's mostly during the court scene, and then there is like, man, we don't need these anymore. There is quite a bit. Yeah. Also, not to get too ahead of myself, but there was definitely entirely different cinematographers hired for anytime they shot during the day. Anytime they shot yeah. during the night. Yeah, during the day it was like oh, whoever did uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Yeah, and at night they they re- resurrected the corpse of Fritz Lang and they just had him do as much Dutch tilt as he fucking could. Yeah, but they got like the Walmart version. Of oh Fritz yeah, Lang. So, well it was yeah. his corpse. It's a zombie version. <laughs> oh, he was a like... reanimated corpse. Yeah, so it's that's he basically Walmart. <laughs> has to hurt his chances. Him and Gary Marshall got starts... together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> this movie starts with like the most boring and graphically poor opening title sequence I've ever seen, Ugh. in which lights become braille. It, t- yeah. it was like two and a half minutes long, too. I thought I thought when the first buildings appeared and they were boxy and terrible, uh, I thought, oh, this is just like the logo for the production company. You know, that doesn't need to have like a high quality. It's yeah. just a logo. Yeah, Ben almost complained, and then he stopped himself. He's I like, like oh, oh, it's just the production logo, and then became furious when he realized it wasn't the production logo. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't freak out and be like, why would that tree get struck by lightning on that lonely road? Like, yeah. like oh, wait, that's just what, the production logo. What's that naughty robot doing running across that field? Like... How is that boy in the moon and also fishing? Uh, these are things that you would say. What's that boy in alien flying through a moon doing? What's that? What's that tranquilized lion yelling at? <laughs> you guys done? What are all those comic logos flipping through those letters for? Yeah. Who's flipping that comic so fast? <laughs> so angry at that eye. <laughs> that's a great question. You know, I've always been concerned about letter abuse. Yeah, you think that's the cold open to a movie about a lamp? <laughs> Wait, it wasn't it, actually? 
Wait, wasn't Pixar's early like short? Oh, Actually, probably. Wasn't that a thing? It could be. I yeah, don't know. That lamp was part of it. I don't know if the logo that thing was part of that. I'm gonna throw up. Anyway, well, don't. all my nachos. No, actually, I'll watch that because then I would be way better than having watched the fucking movie we just watched. The the only the only redeeming part of that movie is the fact that at one point Colin first says, "I killed those nachos. I, I killed nachos," and it just <sighs> seems like he's saying he ate a lot of nachos. Well, <laughs> Colin Farrell, not Colin first. All right, Colin Farrell. <laughs> <laughs> the guy from the King's Speech is yeah. yeah. It's a much different film, guys. I'm uh, sorry. We haven't even my, done my... the official intro. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The best part is, after that intro, it cuts to uh, Daredevil on a cross. And then, like, while showing him, they keep doing, like, little snippets of flashbacks that are so quick you can't tell what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then he goes into a church. And I, did you realize this? This movie starts, it's uh, five minutes before anybody says a word in the movie. And then it immediately goes into a flashback, which will last until the last 20 minutes of the movie. The entire middle of the movie is a flashback. Yeah, the first... hour and five minutes. I did not realize that until they came back, and I was like, holy shit, this whole thing has been a flashback? How did he have vision on scenes where he wasn't even there? Because it's like scenes with the kingpin that he's recalling. It's the first The first two acts are technically uh, an hour, yeah, like, like you said, an hour, like a 70-minute flashback. Yeah, like I didn't realize it until you, Ben, said, oh, now we're caught up. Yeah, went, oh, we're back, what, we're what back to the mean? start. Like, I also forgot the beginning, so I don't even know. Also, the beginning tries to establish some sort of running motif of, like, religion and Catholicism. That, that is not... Because he comes back for, like, um, uh, for confession, and he returns to the church once or twice. And uh, and there's a number of times where he, like, you know, he, he readdresses this, this father figure. Uh, no, uh, it's... It's not a real part of the movie, though. Like, that no, no point. No, it's like they realized that afterwards, like, they got done. They were like, all right, I think we nailed everything. And they're like, hey, how come there's no church stuff in here? Daredevil's, like, super Catholic. And they're like, ah, reshoots. Because this movie, I don't know if you know this. Uh, this movie, there's a director's cut of, which I have seen because I'm a glutton for punishment. The director's cut features almost none of the romance. Wait, wait, what? That's like the whole movie. It, that's that's yeah. all act two. What apparently they did was they test screened it to an audience. And all of the female members said, I, we want to see more of the love story. And for some reason, they thought that was their target audience. And so they recut, they reshot scenes and just added all of this romance to the <laughs> movie. Like, for no reason. I, I don't know why they thought, like, they were like, well, we got it. As if that movie was so- ever going to appeal to women. Are you suggesting that they, 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 they wrote in the Garner stuff, like, after? To... Like, um, in, the, in the director's cut, they don't make love. That's right, I said make love. Yeah. Uh, you, mean the, no, you, mean... you, know, you know when she's on the roof with him, and he, she's like, stay with me? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I, he says in the director's cut, he's like, I can't, and then he leaves. Yeah, that would make more sense. That's what, yeah, Mike, Mike, that's of... what Mike was expecting. Wait a minute. Are, are you telling me that there's a director of this film... Who, who is upset about what happened in the movie? <laughs> well, I think the studio was like, maybe we should release the director's cut because everybody hates this movie and they're probably not going to buy the original version. <laughs> so maybe we can get them to, to buy a director's cut, hoping that it's better. I mean, it's not much better, but there's like a whole nother... There's like a murder scene with Coolio's in this movie. What? Wait, back up! Don't, don't glaze over that. Go back. What? 
Coolio, which some of you who listen to our mini episodes will recall, I could name every comic book movie that Coolio was in. Yeah, yeah, you and you, you were able to do it, I recall that. Yes, including this movie, which he's cut out of, but he has a whole sub-story where he's convicted of, like, a murder he didn't commit, and Matt Murdock and uh, Foggy take on his case, and there's, like, more courtroom stuff, and that ties in more with the Kingpin, and there's a bigger story with the Kingpin. Why didn't we get that? Because the Kingpin, in the movie we watched, the Kingpin doesn't arrive until, like, minute 40, and then he immediately leaves again for an hour of Jennifer Garner... Doing yes. nothing. And the Kingpin, his only trait is that he likes to smoke cigars. Because you know so little about him, all we get is he likes to smoke cigars. He smells roses, sure too. He loves roses. Yeah, but, I mean, like, when you first meet him, the only reason you know he's a criminal is because they're like, that's the oh, Kingpin. Yeah. He's a criminal. He does nothing illegal for most of the movie until well, the he o- calls a hitman. The only time you even hear about him at the beginning is when Affleck and Foggy come out of the courthouse... And, and Affleck's like, uh, that Kingpin guy. And then you're like, oh, I know that character name. And that's it. Yeah. Speaking of, of real quick, can we talk about this courtroom case? Because we're going to skip over who gives a shit. We'll come back to his origin. Can we just talk about this courtroom case for a second? Yeah. What the fuck is happening in this courtroom case? Nobody knows. I'm going to tell you this. I don't know. I'm not going to say I'm a legal expert, <laughs> but I've watched quite a few seasons of Law & Order. Yeah. So I'm probably an expert. What I'm saying, though, is... They are two defense attorneys trying a man. That is not how trials work. There should be a district attorney and a defense attorney. Who is, what is that guy being acquitted of? That's not a, a, a case. They're like suing him in civil court or something. And also, during the proceeding that we're seeing, Matt Murdock and the prosecuting, I guess, lawyer? Yeah, is he the, I, is he the defender? <sighs> anyway, I, Murdoch- it's, as if the rape, it's as if the rape victim is on trial and they're defending her. Yeah, that is what it's like. And then Matt Murdock is standing up, like, face-to-face with the other lawyer, and they're having an argument in the middle of the, like, no one's questioning the witness, and no one's offering a statement to the jury. They're just arguing in front of a rape victim, in front of a jury. (laughs) Also, also, I I really feel like, no matter how good that defense attorney was, which, like, like his only thing was to object, and to say that the woman was a, a drinker, so that's why she deserved to be raped, that guy comes off as such a rapist while he's talking where he's like she enjoyed every moment of it. it's like if you were in the jury you'd be like oh yeah this guy definitely raped that woman like there's hands down there's no doubt this dude raped that woman like there's no way he wins that case because he's not even trying to cover up the fact he raped her you got a confusing first act because this movie doesn't do anything like any of the movies we've seen before okay so if you've listened to this podcast before or if you're tuning in just, just now something we often talk about is the structure of the first in a series, because obviously, based on the title of this fucking podcast, Not Another Origin Story is our general admi- admitted complaint about uh, the way they structure these comic book movie origin stories where they just berate you with these 45-minute <laughs> sequences that you don't need. Daredevil skips all of that. They shoot straight into the third act of the... No. Yeah. The start of the third act is when the movie begins. Then we flash yes. back to normal Daredevil, I think. No, we go to, to the kid. kid. We, we go to the kid. We, go to the... we flash back to him as a child. Yeah. With the with the, what is the greatest line to ever lead into a flashback, which is 
They say your life flashes before your eyes when you die. That's even true for a blind man. They mention he's blind so many times in the first, like, 15 minutes of this movie that you're just like, yeah, I got it. He's blind. Jesus. You don't have to keep bringing it up. He clearly can't see. The voiceover is so goddamn pointless because every fucking visual effect in this movie, as poorly as it is done, is very obvious and just, like, uh, awful. Not to mention that every, every... Every element is 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 uh, buttoned by a soundtrack choice that's just lyrics saying what's happening in front of you. Oh God, well, uh, we got it. Finish what you were saying. Yeah, I'm no, sorry. Go ahead, I, go ahead. I just mean like everything that they, they show it, they show. Look at he can see. It's obvious that visually what they're showing is he can see a certain way, but he just has to say like I can see like it. It's you know like I can see smoke in my eyes and I can smell a thing. They just have yeah, to show I, it. We don't need fucking words. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's either show it or just don't. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you don't need... I also don't understand how he can see smoke, because smoke doesn't really make a sound. No, so I don't know yeah. why he sees smoke so Nor clearly, does... but nothing else. Also, why that staircase had uh, a guy blowing cigarette smoke, another guy, like, um, with stinky food, and then a woman putting on perfume. I've never seen that many, like, fragrances on one staircase in my life. I just want to see, like, a, a guy with normal sight behind him being like, where... What's going on? <laughs> Why is everyone spraying stuff? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like, what the fuck? Like, you can't I, smoke in here. I understand that this is a comic yeah, book is, movie. This is a very nice hotel. You can't smoke. <laughs> <laughs> and sir, get that lunafisk out of here. Yeah. Like, I get that this is a comic book movie, so, like, things don't have to make sense. Right. But, like, the fact that he can instantly hear and all of his senses are heightened. That's not like, fun. That's, that is literally how someone goes insane. If a kid wakes up suddenly out of a coma and then it can suddenly, like, everything's heightened to the extent that they expressed it, like, that's where a kid just goes fucking insane and jumps out a window. Yeah, because... Like, there's, there's no... So, I don't want to open... I don't want to pull this thread yet, but I just, so I'm just i just going to mention it, but in the, in the television Netflix Daredevil show, um, it's as it should be, and as it is in, I think, the later editions of the comic, where he, he definitely has heightened senses, but... Uh, he's not able to, like, he's barely able to use him. He certainly can't see. He certainly doesn't wake up. Oh, no, he is... does not wake up and instantly know how to be Daredevil. Because he has, he, he has the, famously, he has the, his master train him. Yeah. Uh, Stick, correct? Yes. Even I know that. It was that. in during the Mark Miller run of Daredevil. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's sort of, uh, it's not, it's not the original storyline. I mean, I was no. reading the original, uh, before the podcast, uh, and in the original one, he's just sort of in the original one. It's like the movie actually, where he gets splashed with the with the chemical, the toxic, t- toxic chemical waste, which apparently that warehouse has a lot of. Like, oh, yeah? I, I mean, yes. like, did you I see the scene? It. There's like twelve oh, racks yeah. of those bread that, barrels. How like, is there only one Daredevil? There should be a bunch of guys. <laughs> on, there should be a bunch of guys yeah. on the goddamn war yeah. barrel Daredevils. There's just like I mean, like a, a dock worker who's yeah. just like just a, a Daredevil. A bunch of fucking Daredevils walking around the docks. They could, you could catch fish really well, I bet. I mean, that's not really what they do at docks. They don't really fish. <laughs> they could on your lunch They're break, you fish. They're loading and unloading of cargo. Yeah, you, but yeah. They, ha- they have apartments. Listen, folks, <laughs> you don't want to go back to that wall and Shane and that goddamn brat you, you bequeathed. Wait, is that the right word? Yeah. Bequeathed a child? No. That's, that's correct. That's how it goes. No, that's correct. <laughs> but, like, yeah, you fish after work. I don't know. But, but so, okay, so we, so we pass through this... Childhood sequence in which we see the classic Daredevil. Real quick, I have a question for you guys. A genuine comic book question. All right. 
Now, I know a lot of this stuff, especially the early stuff, isn't founded on anything scientific. It's all fantastic, right? It's right, sure. Superman. If you get doused with radioactive waste, it doesn't give you superpowers. It just kills you due to, you know... You know, I mean, <laughs> this wasn't as scientific as Alex Mack, okay? Like, right, correct. Let's just be honest. Which is which is the standby. It's the standard that we all look for. Well, yeah, yeah, the scientific standard. No, yeah. but is there... What what comics are based on science? Are there comics based on actual, like, reality? Um, Mostly... Probably mostly no because it's boring. Yeah, right. That's what I was gonna think. Yeah. Like that's not as fun. I mean, but like I'm, maybe technically Iron Man's based on you know somebody could build a robot. Suit. Just, yeah, yeah. I would say that writers uh, and creators tend to fluctuate on the the real science scale. Mm-hmm. Some oh, Fantastic Four. That's one hundred percent accurate. Yeah, some <laughs> are in that territory. John Glenn for the last twenty years of his life was a rock man. <laughs> but like. Uh, <laughs> Like with Batman, for instance, Batman performs a lot of detective, you know, mm-hmm. science like, uh, in, like, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, um, forensic. S- forensic, yeah, forensic yeah. work. A lot of that's probably pretty legit-ish. Sure. There's probably some insane stuff, of course, but he's got a supercomputer and a like cave. he's good at solving riddles, right? Uh, and, and as Post pointed out, <laughs> Iron Man tries to imply that. His, all this, like, this repulsor technology. Like, it tries to apply something to this. Sure, sure. But yeah, in other cases, it's just like you get sprayed with... By the way, it's not like Spider-Man. Because when Spider-Man gets his powers, it's because the spider is an experiment. They've been giving it the intent of all of their chemical work. Mm-hmm, what mm-hmm. he gets sprayed in the eyes with is runoff. It's waste, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. It's biohazardous waste, to, according to the label. Like, they were using that to spray off like the, the, the sea urchins from a boat. Like, yeah, that's what they were doing. Yeah, it's like gasoline, like the like the, like yeah. the remnants of gasoline it's out like, of a tank. It's like extra Windex. <laughs> yeah, yeah, double Windex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how Daredevil got his powers. Yeah, <laughs> that's why he can't see. Because normally Windex helps you see out a window, but since he got sprayed with double Windex, it clouded it up. And that's streaks. why they, <gasps> there's streaks. And that's why they discontinued double Windows <laughs> because it kept it kept giving kids powers. <laughs> it kept giving kids powers. Sir, we thought we had a winner with double Windex, but there was an issue. What happened? Some kid shot it in his eyes. Now he's a superhero. Oh, he's blind? Well, sort of, but different. He's blind, but he can see, and some he can, like, see smoke and stinky food. Is there a way we can turn this around PR-wise? It doesn't seem like it. Guys, I got a slogan. Secret identity. We call it a Win-Windex. That was... No. No? Do not applaud that. This is Mike leaving. Wow, Ben, you really should have gone into the Foley business. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh. Uh, so, but what I wanted to get to uh, real quick before we blow right past it uh, is the entertaining uh, factoid that we discovered two episodes ago in our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode. Oh. Uh, we identified in the original TMNT comic um, a, a, a boy jumps in front of a speeding uh, car to save a deaf man from being hit by said car. Mm-hmm. This causes the van to t- topple over, and for acid coming out of the the van to spray the boy in the face and give and make him daredevil. He's daredevil. That's the intro to TMNT. That canister that sprays him in the face then rolls into the sewer and lands on a bunch of turtles. Wait, what? Like a, the, no, I'm sorry. The exact sequence from the comic is that the is that the the canister flies out, hits the kid in the face, continues to fly, sure. hits 
a, a fish a, a, a fishbowl full of turtles that a kid is ha- has in his hand oh, yeah. standing oh, yeah. on the sidewalk. That gets smashed, and then all of those things go into the sewer that makes the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's the official comic book right, origin. Give me, please forgive me. Okay. Because I'm not a fucking nerd. Okay? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, well, are you joking when like you... shots fired. There. Are you joking when you say it's the Daredevil origin extrapolated onto the Turtles? No, it's literally... The, the Turtles were written with an origin that was a parody of Daredevil. Okay, because I know they were so supposed to be a parody, It was right? intentional. Yeah. And, yeah, and, they were and, a parody of Marvel's, like, 70s ninja comics, of which Daredevil was <laughs> sort of the... Okay. The so forefront. That, like, the dare, Daredevil ninjas are called the hand. That's why they're called the foot in ah, Teenage Mutant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Stick is, as I said earlier, the, the, the instructor, the mentor of oh. Daredevil. And Splinter is the, the mentor Which of would the happen turtles. from a stick. Yeah, we are catching up. But... <laughs> so, <laughs> so before we go too far past it, I also want to cover something else, which was that, uh, as, as I mentioned before, I was reading the... Uh, the um, the original origin comic of Daredevil, as I tend to do my goddamn research before we uh, do one of these podcasts, and I discovered my favorite sequence. So, um, uh, right after he is given his uh, his blinding superpower, uh, just like in the movie, he's immediately springing to life and doing cartwheels, and suddenly yeah. he's like super yeah. fine with his power. Yeah. Uh, but it covers it covers how his senses are razor sharp. So it covers how his remaining four senses mm-hmm. are razor sharp. In the following way. Now, I want you, Michael, to, to illustrate to me uh, how you would find these to be helpful for a superhero, right? Sure. My hearing is so acute that I can tell if someone is in a room with me just uh, with me just hearing the heartbeat. Well, you could hear if uh, if someone's uh, you know really nervous. Right. That'd and be great. You could hear if somebody was hiding. Great. Yeah. Hiding yeah. in the same yeah. room as you. And I never forget an odor once I smelt it. I could recognize any girl by her perfume or any man by his hair tonic. Creepy for a minute, but then you're like, okay, he can identify someone that like walked past him and then mm-hmm. follow them or like yeah. see them later and recognize them from that moment. It's like, almost like a like a smell memory. That's good. That's good. Like That's if, really good. To like have. if there was a like a homeless guy that peed his pants. Yeah, and you'd be like, oh, I can go give this guy some food. A common superhero nice. trope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even my fingers have become incredibly sensitive. I can tell how many bullets are in a gun. Just by the weight of the barrel. Yeah, you can remember how much a bullet weighs. Now, now, how many bullets is? Could I? Can, may I? Ask? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Like bullets weigh different amounts depending on the bullet. But but he's you know how yeah. many different types of bullets are there? Uh, so it's pretty good. Now here's number four. Um, with my taste of uh, with my sense of taste has become so highly developed that I can tell exactly how many grains of salt are on a pretzel. Perfect. That's amazing. <laughs> well, yeah. Then you can tell if when he says. I want extra salt on my pretzel, and the guy hands it to him and is like, fuck this blind guy. He's like, hold on, mister. I know you shorted me on my extra salt. I, I believe, don't see a problem I believe we, we agreed on 34, sir. Yeah. yeah. Or, or, or if you want to make a couple extra bucks, you can be like, I bet you I know how many salts are on this here pretzel. And then the I guy's do. like, no. Thanks, Alabama Ted. And you're like, yeah, let me pop that in this here mouth of mine. I don't understand why a man from Hell's Kitchen sounds like this. Hey, people I, I, transplant. I bet you it, it works, too, because you can never forget a woman by her taste. Oh, God damn it. Oh, Pose. son of a... Boo! Edit. Boo, Pose. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, can you just yell edit whenever you don't like something that you heard? All right, if I, if I, if I must. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I like this plan. So, edit. <laughs> was there... Was there ever a villain like the Pretzler or something yeah. that gave him like riddles that yeah, were pretzel-based? That's a Batman one. People cheating you on salt. That was yeah. like, a big yeah. problem in Hell's yeah. Kitchen. That and Mugs... <laughs> He's always stealing dough with a twist. <laughs> oh, God damn it. Edit! Edit! 
You can't do it. You said just Mike. Sorry. Yeah, just me. And I, I don't say that word. Shut up, bitch. Okay. So to catch this up, we, we, we encounter – so again, to keep the narrative straight, we start at the beginning of Act 3. We rewind to a prequel before the events of the movie as when he's a child. Mm-hmm. And then a we – change to his origin story, which makes no sense. Why right. he's like running away from seeing his dad and it's an accident. Like they take away the fact that it's – you know he gets this power heroically to begin with. That's a much more interesting story. Don't yeah, know why that, they decided to change to, it. He basically to, causes the accident himself. To clarify, in the actual oh. comic, he dives in front of a truck to save a deaf man or a deaf blind oh, yeah. man from crossing into front of a car. Uh, in this yeah. one, he just is throwing a tantrum run and, yeah. and gets sprayed by chemicals after disrupting heavy machinery. That must be why I typed in all caps, he deserves his blindness. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, um, those aren't notes from this, what we're doing here. Well. What's that in relation to? Oh, that might be my neighbor. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow, guys. I'm going to say edit. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, thank you. The police are looking for that that line. Um, and then we then we see this sort of the classic origin story where Matt Mur- Matt Matt Murdock's father, uh, uh, the Devil Murdock, which is not his name in the comics. They nope. changed that for some reason. Uh, it's is... Madeline Jack Murdock in the comics? Yeah, he's got actually got a sick jacket that says it on the back, which I want to wear. Um, he, he he's he's paid to throw a fight. He doesn't throw the fight because his son's there, and he wants to demonstrate to his blind son that uh, that you must always fight and like you must always have like that resilience and no fear. Um, and then he's killed for it, which is a shame. Uh, then we see a sequence in the movie when he when when. Oh yeah, it's a shame that he's murdered for not throwing a fight. I think that's pretty. Yeah, but can I... we talk real quick about this plan? The guy is like, we need you to take a dive. This man is forty five years old. He's boxing a young man. Him losing this fight would not make them any money. He is, of course, not the favorite. There's no way this guy is the favorite to win the fight. So why would you want him to throw it? It's just doing the outcome that you already know is going to happen. Also, it's it, no sense. It seems like like, like uh, old Batlin Murdoch is long since retired from boxing, more or less. He was a yeah, dock after, worker. After his, no, he's not a dock worker. He works for... Right. The crime is that he shakes people down. Yeah, well, but he's, he's not a dead. boxer. He tells his son he's a dock worker. He's like, I'm down to the wharf, kid. Yeah, that's how he sounds. <laughs> yeah, which I like, yeah, which they, yeah, they go into more in the origins, or the director's cut, which is not really worth it. Um, but, so so we, we, we get that standard Daredevil origin story, which, by the way, we didn't quite cover our Daredevil relationship, but it's one of the things that I love about Daredevil is that, is that, that origin story, I think, is tops it's top five for me when it comes to superhero origin story i love yeah, that it's one. a good origin story and it's you know it's an interesting like well i, I like that character because his his power is basically caused by a, a disability you know yeah. what I mean? like his powers let him compensate for it but he is literally a man who cannot see you it's, know it's kind of cool that there's like a superhero who is handy capable or whatever you want to say uh, and it what? That's the polite term! <laughs> Not anymore. In 1999, that was polite. Now it's an offensive term. Edit! <laughs> Wait, we're editing out him cur- t- telling me that I was wrong? I don't, I don't yes! Know. <laughs> this podcast is going to be 15 minutes. <laughs> um, I'm going to introduce it, Ben's going to make a joke, and we're just going to end it. Like, so, I don't even get introduced. <laughs> no. So after we pass through this bad court sequence, Matt chases after the person that he believes to have committed a crime. I want to be clear here. Well, he can tell because he's a human lie detector. He can tell well, that no, the has... is elevated when he says, I didn't rape her, so he knows he's lying. He can get a gist 
Which means that he is still making an, es- an educated guess as to this guy's uh, 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 guilty or innocent status, which yeah. makes him borderline Rorschach. Yeah, well, a, a, yeah, a, a polygraph detects your heart rate. And are no- notoriously inaccurate. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, we can do this. Like, this isn't some sort of fantastic ability. This is just common law practice. Yeah. And it's not a thing. He utilized that to nearly it's execute a man. admissible in court. Yeah. And, uh, uh, not nearly execute a man. Wait, does, 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 does that guy die? Are you kidding me? He gets split in half by a train. Oh, right, the train oh, part. Yeah. I forgot about the train. Yeah, uh, yeah. So he executes train. a man. He he kills a man early on based on a pretty good hunch. You guys remember <laughs> when, when Daredevil peed his double Ds on the ground? And then and then now, randomly someone threw a fucking cigar and it lit no, it on fire? He knew that it was there. But he saw the, the gasoline or whatever. Here's my question. Oh, my God. Do you really want to sign that as, like, your piece of work? Like, Spider-Man catches jewel robbers in the first Spider-Man and strings them up and leaves, like, a note that's, like, you know, your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Rorschach does the, the same end. thing. He also ties people up and leaves them. And with says his, friendly with, neighborhood with, Spider-Man. With his, yeah, yeah, just to really fuck with him. Yeah. Daredevil lets a man be murdered after a potentially, I believe, paralyzing him because he can't get up. He lets him be run over by a train, thereby making the person driving the train have committed manslaughter by association and probably yeah. scarred for life for driving over another human being. Yes. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Rape is awful. But it would be better if he got him to, like, sign a confession or... You know, ripped his dick off. I don't know something like, other let, than just cold-bloodedly murdering a man. <laughs> edit his dick. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, edit his dick. I want that dick out. Cut it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He, 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 he drops his signature on a murder. On a, yes. on a straight, on a grisly murder. crime. <laughs> and then goes on to be like, but no, I'm the good guy. Like, yeah, he's claiming, like, as if he would, like... <laughs> If someone got mugged on the street, he'd also leave his, like, logo there, too. Just be- <laughs> Imagine what he'd say to the cops. He'd be like, I know, I killed that guy because he raped that girl. You saw him rape a girl? No. But I was in court, and I could hear his heartbeat, and he seemed nervous. <laughs> yeah, I was say that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I, he's got us there, Joe. We got well, yeah. There. Yeah, and, and we must implicitly trust his superpower. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure in it wasn't the, someone it, else in the courtroom? His- where was this court case? Oh, we were trying to sue him for $100 in civil court because yeah. there was no DA. Yeah. It, it was in the <laughs> middle of the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. So we, we, also, we also, yeah, that, that is, Mike and I couldn't stop talking about this sequence, the fight sequence, and then the train sequence. This director must have, like, a tiny notebook of bad idea scene changes that I have to get in a film. He must have had, like, a little book that said that. <laughs> and then he opened and just ripped a page out at a time and got them all in because we... Do multiple Dutch tales. We go into the eyeball. We go into puddles. We follow things down staircases. We we do like a tumbling camera at some point. Like we're doing every fucking sequence, all while this obnoxious new metal plays. It is offensive. (laughs) Yeah, I mean it's it's insane. Also, when he finds the the quote unquote rapist that he's after, he's in some like warehouse club. No, he's in uh, Josie's Bar, which is the bar from the Daredevil comics. Right. It's like a bar in Hell's Kitchen where, like, criminals hang out. Is it made of sparks? Uh, because... I don't know, but 
Also, conservatively, during that fight, at least ten people die in pursuit of this rapist. Uh-huh. Yeah, he also he also sets fire to four pool tables and no other objects. Oh, that was so badass. And then when and he then... stands there, it could not look like less good. Like, nope. It looks like he's been CGI'd from a really <laughs> shitty movie onto a not really well shot movie. In fact, you get the idea that fire is some sort of a symbol for him because he walks oh. through it, he lights his logo in fire... And then he stops doing that for the rest of the movie. <laughs> Wait, he's the devil. Yeah. Oh, he's the devil, but is he not actually the de- Wait. I don't know. Does he have a pitchfork? No. no. Electra has pitchforks. Yeah, she's got tiny pitchforks. They're tiny called size. No, okay. they're called uh, tiny pitchforks. I, th- uh, I think you're mistaken, Bogues. Those are hand forks. Um, so another thing to, to cover is uh, how much do you think Matt Murdock makes? God damn it. <laughs> Well, wait, before we get to that, can we just cover something real quick about this sure. rapist? I just want to get this out. <laughs> you keep wanting to talk about this guy. Don't no. empower him. No, this is this is what's insane. There are a lot of, like, background characters in this movie. Or, like, name drops. Like, during the boxing scene, they name drop, like, three people who are known to have been writers or artists on Daredevil. Okay. Kevin Smith appears, who at the time had written a comic that this was somewhat loosely based on. Oh, good job, <laughs> fat dummy. Uh... The rapist's name is Jose Quesada, who is a direct is Joe Quesada, who was at the time the Marvel editor in chief. They decided to honor him by naming a rapist. Same <laughs> thing I've ever. I'm like, why would you do this? This man is a known rapist. Joe, I'm so offended. Joe, we got good news. <laughs> We worked you into the comic. We oh, into really? The movie. Yeah. What do I get to be? Am I one of those well, cool... Am I the cool, like, mayor of the town? You could have been anyone. You could have been the mayor. Uh, you could have been in a taxi. A police chief? Billboard could have said, like... the boxers that he beat? Oh, I'm a famous actor in the movie, right? Could be. Am it, I John Leguizamo? We could have just had, like, a fake billboard for, like, a mm-hmm. fake lawyer and just yeah, had been in be it. Cool. Cool. You could have been a fake lawyer because Matt's a lawyer. Yeah, no, yeah. um, you know the only rapist in this movie... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, am I the one who defends him? No, you're the rapist. What? I could oh, at least be the guy he raped. Oh. oh. Edit. Edit. Oh, Jesus. I'll triple ed- edit that. So here's another thing that, that I need to discuss. Uh, so in this sequence with both the fight scene, which sort of uh, which sort of compounds what you saw when he was a kid and he adapted these insane abilities almost instantly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you then see those laid out because... Unlike most of the origin movies we watch, where you see the origin, and then you watch the awkward transition, and then you see them finally like come into f- their, their full force as that hero, like, a, say, a Spider-Man, um, you, you jump back to him as a kid. The kid seems to become an instant acrobatic. Like, I mean, yeah, he is... I mean, it's like he gets doused with chemicals, and he's Jet Li. He's, yeah, he's beating the yeah. shit out of kids and doing flips and, and kicks all over the place. And who the fuck are kids who go to beat up a blind kid? And he's like, yeah, kick his ass. It's like, he's blind. He got maimed. Pants him. Beat, beat him up when he could see. What's the, like, why do yeah. it now? So what I need to discuss is, is as the scene is happening where he's like a kid and then we kind of cut to him as an adult and he's doing like fucking flip kicks. He, he's, he's, there's like a kind of like a narration where he's saying, my other senses were heightened. And I'm like, what? Do you mean like taste? Because... You're doing flip kicks. I don't understand the correlation that lets your senses go up and lets you be an acrobat. So yeah, it's crazy. Mike and I were attempting. He knows. Mike and I were attempting to put together a list of what this movie thinks the five senses are. Okay, so we're obviously one of them is sight, correct? Because he he loses his sight. Yeah, he lost his sight. The 
The other is definitely kicking. Yeah. That's one of the four senses. That's one of the five sense. senses. That's a common sense. It's it's def it's definitely a kicking. The next one has got to be a uh, 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 financial funding mm-hmm. because he has a lair. Like he has a yeah. multi-tiered secret door, twelve outfit, like gadget his, lair. His apartment. He's like, at first, you're like, oh, it's not like it's not that great. But then you're like, oh, it's New York City. That's a lot of square footage. That would normally be like 15 apartments. But then when he comes in, he has like statues from like Rome. Yeah, just it's a on his wall. Castle. Like, yeah, it's a goddamn it's, castle. He has a it's fireplace. Like are just standing up there. It's insane. He has a fireplace. Who's a fireplace in New York City? And hidden doors and stone walls. Yet, he's a public defender who, according to his partner Foggy, says they can only get cheese wheels and sporting goods as payment. Yeah. They must yeah. be reselling those sporting goods. Or those goddamn cheese wheels. Or those good cheese wheels, baby. Good cheese wheel. Yeah. I like a good cheese wheel. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, so he does Mike... a number of weird things, too, in that... Oh, wait, you were still doing your senses. Go. Yeah, Mike's entry into our, our four out of five senses uh, is the ability to break the fourth wall, because... Daredevil, Daredevil uh, looks at the camera like at least three times. Well, he's yeah, blind, so he's not looking at the camera guys. <laughs> Yo, so oh, that's the director's like, hey, cut, cut. No, you look, uh, Mini Affleck, you're looking at the camera and smiling. Uh, yeah, he called him a Mini Affleck. Like, like the kid version. In. The first person who does it's the kid. The kid like smiles at the camera and like throws his glasses on the ground or something like that. It's fucking stupid. And based on the entirety of the second act, we can always we can definitely assume that the fifth sense is love. Of course. <laughs> Wait, where does having hair that is at least six inches above your face come in? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. Hair. Scratch love. It's it's definitely sight kicking, fourth wall breaking, funding, and spiky hair. <laughs> his hair, like the net they put into his hair. There's a scene where it starts raining, and his hair does not fall down. Like, the water cannot penetrate whatever they did to his hair. Like, they lacquered it or something. It's insane. Who's like that guy who thinks there's aliens? You know, the guy who's always on History Channel? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I really want to get to... um, I really want to get to when we meet Elektra. Because we are aggressively far into this podcast, and we need to fucking talk about it. So, look... He meets Electra in a coffee shop. He's in a coffee shop with Foggy. By the way, John Favreau is playing Foggy. Not how I would have pictured Foggy Nelson, especially after seeing both the comic, where he's a pretty young man, and then the Daredevil Marvel show, where he's also a young man. John Favreau is, like, conservatively 48 in the scene. Well, I believe in the origin story of him, he directs a couple movies in the in the mid-90s, and they're successful. Foggy? They don't hold up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so then he becomes a, a, a public defender. It doesn't work very well, and then he goes on to direct Iron Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Yeah, he He's... had to do this movie to get the Iron Man. He was like, if I yeah. can meet uh, Feige, or whatever that guy's name is, he used to run Marvel Studios. Before it's Marvel. not that! No, it is Feige, mean... isn't that his name? No, I Quesadilla. Think... You mean Quesadilla. <laughs> No, that's that's Electra. She's she's Electra Nachos. No, she's Nachos. The Marvel editor in chief used to be Quesadilla. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, he's gonna be Quesadilla. So to and get it... to it, we <laughs> we just come from this this overstylized, jarring, tilting camera, puddle jumping, literally like like sequence changing night sequence, and when we get into the daytime, it's just straight up single two shot camera like rom com like. Yeah, like, it's like a Gary Marshall film. It's super normal. It's re I, like I don't nor- notice normally pick up on that kind of stuff aggressively, but I could not. 
The two things that would not leave me alone were how uh, how badly shot this movie was and how aggressively offensive the music was. It mm-hmm. it, it it jumped at you. It was it was over, it, it drowned out dialogue and there was evanescence. There was <sighs> there was at least one dead like like drowning pool song. Sure. There was yeah, it was it reminded oof. me of why the 2000s were not yeah. great for music. <laughs> And then it's got my favorite song. Sorry to get away from the electric part, but it's got my favorite fucking song, which for the early 2000s was the black character intro, which is Dirty Dog. <laughs> that is that? true, yes. And that's how they do introduce the King Kingpin. It's also how they introduce the only like the only black guy that uh Jet uh that uh that Jet Lee fights in um Enter the Dragon. Uh, uh or Kiss of the Kiss of the Dragon, excuse me, Kiss of the Dragon. Um Ben knows his Awkwardly bad hip hop song intros for <laughs> offensive <laughs> offensive studios, I guess. Dirty dog. I, it's uh, crazy in that scene. It just keeps playing while he's talking. I'm like, yeah. usually, yeah. usually you want a song to fade out once they actors start acting. You think he's gonna turn and be like, "Hey, could you turn that off?" That's yeah, like really I look over and they just be like a dude with a boombox and just be like, "Oh, yeah." The music was so important to the f- movie that apparently Ben and I watched it with the subtitles on. Yeah. And the music was constantly subtitled lyrics. Not just like what? shitty song comes on. Yeah. But it would be like, Kingpin would be like, I'm Kingpin. And it would say like, Dirty Dog. Uh, <laughs> I'm the Kingpin. I'm here to beat you up. And then just, Dirty Dog. <laughs> wow, that had to make the, make the uh, sandbag fight scene all the more impressive uh, the evanescence sand sandbag fight scene uh we'll get to in a minute but which is like almost the entire length of that song. let's cover electra real quick because what we get electra arrives in a coffee shop or a diner or whatever where matt and foggy are having coffee there's a weird well, well, exchange coffee and mustard where foggy uh, uh is asked for honey but hands him mustard assuming that a blind man would just put it directly knows coffee and couldn't tell the fucking difference by any sense. Well, I, um, think, it, I think the point is he wants him to drink the coffee and realize I get that it. it, you know, to get back at him because he, I forget I get what it. he says. Then, then, then Matt puts in conservatively a half mug of, of, of what he thinks is honey. Yeah. yeah or, I could not believe, while he was doing it, I was like, my God, man, this guy oh, has a serious problem with honey. This is the best part of the movie. He's Let's be 100% honest. Yeah, this is the, absolutely the high point of this film. Because what happens afterwards is Matt detects that a beautiful woman comes in. Apparently this is a thing with him, which is also translated into the Marvel show. It's kind of a thing in the Marvel show where Matt, uh, Matt Murdock's always like, knows the beautiful women. It's always kind of a, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm. bit that they're going after. Um, she, Jennifer Garner comes in playing Electra Nachko. Nachos. Or as everyone it's in the movie nachos. says, Electra Nachos. Yeah, uh, because Nachios is her name, but yeah. nobody pronounces it with the O. Nope. Uh, she comes in. She goes straight past the uh, the counter and just sits down and gets a magazine. She already order... has a cup of coffee. Yeah, she's already got a cup of coffee somehow. Uh, she sits down. Matt comes over. Not anywhere near where they serve any of the creamer but or anything. She is literally sitting next to a serving station. Like, the worst place you could sit down in a coffee shop to try to do anything is right next to the place everybody is going to walk to get coffee, to get cream, sugar, a stir. She's just like, let me sit directly under beside this. He does a blind man pickup line that you can tell he's done before, looking Ugh. for the quote-unquote honey. He's so, so creepy. She, she goes, oh, here's the honey. They have an awkward sequence. She just straight up leaves right after. She she came in, 
She touched a mug of coffee. She opened the table of contents of a of like a Newsweek, then left. That was her entire experience. She, did, she doesn't like shop. being approached by blind people. She seemed genuinely disconcerted with Matt Murdock's behavior, and then left. And then he followed her, demanded you know for her name, and then grabbed her when she tried to leave. Yeah, Ugh. that part I was like, um, that is not okay, dude. <laughs> No. No. But did this scene remind you of? Have you ever seen uh, Birdemic: Shock and Terror? I have indeed. Uh, yes. Yeah. Did this not remind you of the opening scene where he sees that girl in the co- like in the restaurant and then like, chases her down the street? It's like one hundred percent. Yeah. Horribly bad act, like dialogue. The same rapist vibe. It's insane. Uh, what did you have to say, Mike, about the Electra sequence? I just wanted to say that, guys, prefacing this with there are no well-drawn characters in this film. Uh-huh. Yeah. But she is obviously just a fucking, like, prop in this movie. My God. There's no point to her. She is hollow, and it is very unfortunate for Jennifer Garner. Because she's a talented actress, and they just used her Ooh. like a fucking, just like, a vessel. And it's awful. Coming out for Jennifer Garner, I, I like for it. For women! This is fucking awful! Oh, no, I understand, I understand. And uh, like, somebody's trying to make up for those earlier comments about that blind guy. <laughs> we, wait, what? What did I say? <laughs> Edit. So um, just, never mind. <laughs> we can react to your neighbor. We can re. <laughs> Edit. We can we can reinforce your statement too because later on in the movie, uh, uh, Electra's father is killed. Who at this point in that in the scene in the film has just been painted to be related to to mob work. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He appears to be a bad guy. Although I'm He's, not sure it's mob work because he said, you can buy me out. It's not really how you get out of the mob. No, well, having seen the first season of the boring uh, Daredevil TV show, um, he's the, the financial guy. Right. He's that same character. So I, I'm extrapolating that in the comics he's also tied in just as much. And so in this movie I assume he's tied in just as much. I, I mean, I don't know about that. But I, I know that he's, he's some sort of mobster who yeah. then dies dramatically in the streets in a way that we're supposed to give a shit about. But I don't care that a mobster no. was killed out of his own limo. No. Anyway, <laughs> no. The, the next sequence is Electra at her father's funeral. She's obviously destroyed. And the conversation when Matt surprises her with that announcement, which is yeah. kind of a creepy thing to do at someone's fucking father's funeral, uh, is he shows up and was like, I understand what you're going through. You know, some, some okay stuff for consoling someone. And then she says, I don't feel like I have a place in this world anymore because you know her father was this rich guy and so she had sort of this place in society Mm -hmm. that may have revolved around him his response is yes you do be with be with me (laughs) which is basically saying no it's cool we can fuck yeah like you don't need that man you have this man we can fuck and then he just touches her while it rains and i'm like dude leave her alone (laughs) oh you mean when it rains in the sunshine yeah it just immediately cuts to rain because after the fire sequence earlier where we he saw him lighting fires everywhere and that was supposed to be his thing water then becomes his thing for the remainder of the movie because once it rains that's every scene he wants to make water happen so he can fight he can see wetness yeah this all comes together oh that's the other sense Wetness. Humidity. <laughs> <laughs> Moisture. Okay, so it's sight-kicking, fourth-wall-breaking, funding, and humidity. <laughs> Is Poke still here? I yeah, I'm know. still here. <laughs> oh, okay, just checking. <laughs> just letting you guys go. You're on a roll. I didn't want to interrupt. I just, you know. Dirty dog. I was worried. Um, oh, wow. Well. <laughs> uh, also, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just going to keep fucking going because I need to get this out. <laughs> when 
speaking of the raindrop sequence with Electra, Electra's on a rooftop. It's raining, and Matt Murdock says, "You know the thing about raindrops is they <laughs> they're, they're special because of the the first time they fall." And I'm like, "What do you mean the first time they fall? Yeah, he raindrops? Says the first time they fall, they make a sound." So I'm like, "So if they hit something and bounce off, like it splash." Those other drops don't make a sound. Matt, raindrops don't have a twist ending. Yeah. <laughs> they, they just hit the ground. Only the first time, though. If they hit, <laughs> if they, it's at an angle and it just sort of rolls, no sound. That's what makes rain so interesting. How are you a lawyer? I mean, it's insane, too. He's like, she, she's like, wow, this view is great. He said, yeah, I, I really wanted to show you this. You've known her for fucking 42 minutes at this point. What do you mean? Like, as if you met her and you're like, I'd like to take her to my roof and then explain to her exactly how my superpower works. I've never heard somebody <laughs> explain their superpower to another person just so quickly. And also, I've never seen two people who have less chemistry immediately fuck. Uh, except that they, they didn't, didn't they date for some time after this movie? So well, yeah, I'm aware. I, I, they either oh, well, married or they were together. I don't know if they. Yeah. How but, could you not fall in love with someone who you did a very awkward off-Broadway choreographed fight scene with? They did kiss with their mouths open. Or, or with their eyes open, so it was really, the mouth should be open. Well, he couldn't uh, see. They kiss with their eyes open, which is fucking weird. Don't do that. Yeah. It's not good, guys. If you're doing that, listen, if you're an impressionable youth and you're kissing with your eyes open, do not do that. So They will think you are a murderer. If they if they pull away and your eyes are just razored, they're going to be scared. Folks, to get, to, together we have to just discuss it because our uh, listeners would be furious if we didn't dedicate at least a teensy bit of time to it. Which is probably the most famous sequence of this movie. I had not seen this movie until now, if that's not been clear. Oh, I saw Mike, this movie in theaters. Mike has also not seen this movie until now. But, I don't know about him, but I was fully aware of the playground fight sequence. Not that unaware. is something that I have seen on YouTube. I've seen people reference it. I have it is... never seen a slower fight scene yeah. in a film since, like, John Wayne fighting in The Searchers. Like, to clarify... <laughs> To clarify, uh, Matt Murdock catches up with Electra, who is straight fleeing him. Mm-hmm. And uh, when he she attempts to leave, which appears to be just going deeper into the basketball court, whether it does not appear to be an Apparently. athlete. Where I think uh, the Catwoman basketball court scene is happening behind them. Yes, it's, it, it is definitely the same lot where they filmed the Catwoman basketball sequence, which, again, go YouTube that. Um, Matt grabs her. She pulls away. They turn it into, like, a judo move, which leads them to both go... Let's fight. Still, she's, like, cool with the fact that maybe he's just a blind guy who, like, does some gymnastics, like, or something. But she seems ready to be like, yeah, I'll fucking punch you. Like, she seems yeah, ready she seems to go. to beat up a, a a man with a disability really well, quickly. She, or a man who may not have a disability and is no, pretending yeah. to be blind to get women. Either exactly. way. <laughs> yes. No, no. He has not proven he's blind. He's a, he has proven he's not blind. Oh, really. my God. I didn't even oh, yeah, think true. about that. He's creepy as shit. He, like, grabs her without even looking at her. Why didn't that occur to Jennifer Garner? Why did she go straight to, huh, it's so weird that you're, like, a super-powered, like, ninja. Uh, and not like, hey, you fucking creep. You're not actually blind. It was so awkward. I was cringing the whole time. And my eyes, like, rolled onto the floor. And it was so Fucking awful. But they like they like do cartwheels onto seesaws, yes. and then do four flips. No, they did do that. And then it ends. No, they did. They did all that. Yeah, they did all that. There's a what, seesaw sequence. What's the did you see the seesaw sequence? No, I'm saying they did. I thought you said they didn't do that. No, no. Did you not see the seesaw? Oh, I did see the seesaw. See. I saw the seesaw. You saw the seesaw. I scene? saw the seesaw sequence. Okay. Did you see the seesaw? It's a new <laughs> comedy station. Um, 
Yeah. Are you saying I can see the seesaw on CISO? Is the CISO yes. sequence on CISO? Did you notice that, like, the explanation for, god damn it, for how she is such a good martial artist is, my dad made me train with a different sensei, sensei every year. One, that's not how you learn martial arts. You Two, just you're train Greek. with a person for a year and stop. You don't learn that much in a year. You're also Greek. Like, they're a Greek mafia family, as far as I can tell in this movie. Yeah. Why was she becoming a ninja? There's a lot. Of Even they're breaking stereotypes, Ben. I'm not, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but are there a lineage of Greek ninjas yeah, that I'm not like, aware of? She's like, I got my mini pitchforks, and I'm going to be like, oompa, and then stab them. Edit. Can we edit? <laughs> can we talk about now probably one of the worst performances in this film, which is really saying something. Go ahead. The, interdur- douche, the, the, the introduction of Colin yeah. Firth. Fresh from the King's speech. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna pause you there. Uh, if we're talking about Colin Farrell, you can go ahead and say introduction. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell appears playing darts. He wins. Then is said that he they make fun of him for being Irish. He kills a man with a a series of paper clips, which he just has unfolded in his jacket. I don't know why he's carrying them around, but he has a gigantic bullseye scar on his head. He murders a man and is somehow able to leave the city. Like, how hard would it be to call the police and be like? Yeah, you're looking for an Irish guy with a goatee and a gigantic bullseye on his yeah, forehead. He has he priors. He kills them in front of 40 people at least. He also looks like Colin Farrell, if that helps you narrow yeah. it down. Yeah. Can you imagine if Colin Farrell shaved his head and like got some shitty looking scar? Like, yeah, just get him. Is Colin also, Farrell Irish? Because yes, the accent yeah, he is. the accent almost seems like it doesn't work, and it's the, his own man, accent. I was going to say, I was just getting ready to say, for a man who is really Irish... He sounds more like the Lucky Lucky Charms leprechaun than he does Irish. Like, he's so over the top in this movie when he talks. And it's like the scene on the airplane where he kills that old woman who also says something weird about my my niece's dating uh, a mulatto. That was just uncomfortable. Yeah, it was not okay. That was was humor, guys. You didn't know that? No. Uh, I I didn't either. I wouldn't be surprised if if Colin – which one is it? Farrell? Firth? Firth. 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 Colin Firth. (laughs) Colin Farrell. Got like, like he was in the casting, and then like, no, no, do an Irish accent. He's like, yeah, I am. Like, no, do <laughs> no. like you hear people talk about like Kumail Nanjiani will talk about it. Like he'll be casting, being yeah. doing things, and they're like, no, do they? They make him do a, an exaggerated accent. Right. I wonder like, if that might have been a thing. That could, that could be that could definitely because is the character Irish in the comics? I don't believe so. I not at all. Oh, then it, none of that matters. <laughs> Never mind. He's also not like just some sort of like douchebag like one why is he flying coach he's like a like an elite hitman he can't at least fly business class that's insane i digress what are you gonna do uh his whole character is just stupid and i'm fairly certain at one point when he puts on his jacket it makes like a rattlesnake noise or was that just i imagine that nope that happened and it happens a couple times when he swishes his duster around oh yeah he swishes it around like he's like a one of those dancers like the girl dancers who like wave their skirts yeah well, i don't yeah, know like what a, those are talk, like, like a yes. flamenco dancer yes thank you yeah he definitely definitely channels a flamenco dancer he has a bunch of terrible lines he then gets the jesus stigmata at the end yeah, what are you that about with? they do I, nothing with that I it seems symbolic like if you're gonna do that you're gonna do something with it they have the worst fight sequence on a bunch of pipe Pipes of a pipe organ. A pipe which organ is, which must be conservatively 57 stories high. 
It's definitely <laughs> fifty seven yeah. stories. It's made up of pipes that could like you could construct a building out of them. Yeah. Uh, uh, for a church but that has... You can has... pull any of them out when you need to. They're not uh, yeah. fastened into anything. No, they are just ready to go. They're just loose. Like a bunch of hollow daggers. Uh, yeah. All for, and, all, all for an elegant church that apparently no one attends. No, no one's ever been there. <laughs> uh, it's a confessional just for Daredevil. Just just for Matt which, which, by the way, at the point when Daredevil is being overcome by this bullseye character... Bullseye character is winning by like banging noise at the at the daredevil, yes. and he's he's hurt by the sound. Mm-hmm. But at the opening of not the opening of the movie, but at the beginning of the movie, when we when he comes out of his techno coffin, daredevil, he, the daredevil um, turns his music up to the literal maximum amount of it, so it bl- it drowns out all the sound around him. It must be deafening as it is. Fine with that. But apparently you bang a couple pipes together and it's well, going to hurt him. the subway does the same thing, which I don't know how he didn't realize that would happen. Yeah. Like, the subway is too loud, which I, I've never – I've only been near the subway in Toronto. I don't recall it being fair, loud enough to deafen no. anybody. Let train, alone. As, as, as a man who takes the train every day, they do not come every four and a half seconds. Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, also, they usually stop. Yeah. Like, what's the yeah. point of a train station if the train just goes by? Like, <laughs> this subway, oh, it never stops. You just It's just for subway enthusiasts. Th- there's occasionally an express, but there's not four expresses in no. ten seconds, which this movie posits to you. Yeah. No. Um, so we have to get to it because we're going, we're going long, and I, I can't not end this podcast without mentioning it. Uh, but there's an Evanescence fight sequence in this movie. Does it wake you up inside? Uh, yeah, it wakes me up. I don't know if you can call it a fight sequence so much as you can call it a hate crime against sandbags. <laughs> so, to clarify, in case you're like me and you haven't seen this movie, Elektra uh, is standing in her living room of her grandiose penthouse apartment, apparently. Oh, uh, this, this is like a million-dollar well, apartment she's in. She's a billionaire. Right. Like Foggy refers to her as a billionaire. She's a billionaire somehow, which does not come up uh, ever again. Uh, she is standing in the middle of an empty room with no furniture, uh, she turns around, and suddenly sandbags start swinging down at her in some sort of pattern. Like, they aren't just, they don't all come down, and no. they're not all already down, but they all start coming down as if there's a, an elaborate mechanism It's almost as if there's a guy above the set <laughs> dropping sandbags. Ooh, as if. Evanescence, wake me up inside, plays. Uh, wake me up, and then in parentheses, wake me up. Uh, <laughs> plays. <laughs> seems Man. like a... Odd parenthesis to include. That's just I'm just saying the title of the song. I know. Uh, <laughs> it makes me like it even less. And then she starts slicing at them with her uh, size. Now, pitchforks. Her pitchforks. Now she catches a few of them as they come down, which appears to be the intent of the sandbags, as to ke- hit targets that are coming at her. Sure. Then she just starts cutting sandbags that are dangling there, which accomplishes very little. It reminds me of those YouTube videos of those guys who just like put. Crates like a of like or like bottles of water on like a, a box with a, a hit with like a samurai sword yeah to like be impressive but I'm like that's a bottle of water it didn't didn't come at you yeah. <laughs> I'm not impressed that's what she's doing until one last sandbag falls down that has a crude red face painted on it which apparently is Wilson Wilson which is funny good cameo because it looks like Wilson from oh and it is it's like cast away it fell down I was like oh. She suffered brain damage in that yeah. car crash. <laughs> She's that not is okay. not how an adult draws a face, even on it a is, sack. It is red squiggly. We're not joking when I say it looks like Wilson from Castaway. Wilson looks Hanks. better. 
but it's meant to represent Wilson Fisk, which I thought, that's a good cameo. Yeah. yeah. God cool. damn it. That was edited. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, to, to, to wind us down, uh, Bullseye kills Elektra during a very boring fight sequence. Yeah, where they really try to emulate the sequence. iconic scene from the Frank Miller comics very poorly. You, you, the, the scene we're thinking of, you've probably seen in print or, or on a website used somewhere in some article about Electro or Daredevil, which is that scene where um, uh, Bullseye in his full costume, like his full head-to-toe black costume with the Bullseye painted, not tattooed. Oh, he got that costume he asked for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the costume he asked for in the movie and does not get, um, uh, because he already did the, the, the scarring of his head. Uh, but, although I believe in the comics, Daredevil draws, like, freaks yeah. out on the Bullseye and, like, scars his head with... A stone and draws it in himself. Like yeah, he which they a... they did because they wanted him to look like he did in the movie. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's, Daredevil's a little bit fucked up. Well, he does um, it because he knows Bullseye is going to get away, and so he marks him so it's just like Bullseye can never go. It's sort of like the end of Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, a little bit. Oh, except instead of being a Nazi, he's just kind of a dick who kills old ladies on planes. But yeah, um, I mean, he's a mass murderer in the comics. He's a hitman. Okay, uh, but but so the, the the iconic scene is Electra being beaten by her own weapon and a playing card. That's like supposed to be the scene, uh, and in it, it's really boring. It looks like mm-hmm. like it looks like uh, it looks like Bullseye just gives Electra a really a really mean paper cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no blood at all, mm-hmm. and then he grabs her side and performs that the, the the famous sequence where he like stabs her so hard it like. You can see the like the pointed blade like coming through the other side of her. Yeah. Then Electra just gets up and goes, "Oh boy," and like walks away. He's like, <laughs> she Mondays. comes over to Daredevil, who at this point has been stabbed once in the shoulder, and he is acting like he was just thrown through a building. He can't move. He can't stand up. She just got impaled through most of her internal organs, and it went through the spine, crawled, like five hundred yeah. feet towards him. And Daredevil's still like, oh, "Okay," I was like, "I don't," and then he's perfectly fine after that. He just needed to sleep it off, I guess, for five minutes. Yeah, he needed to drain her life force as she died on his lap. Uh, it's insane. And then the, the end of the movie implies that she's still around, correct? I guess. Yes. That, yeah. Which is in the... She came back because... Uh, well, it's, it's comics. The, so. the hand has magic powers to resurrect the dead, and they resurrect her, so she'll be an assassin, blah, blah, blah. There's oh. all sorts of stuff going on. Well, uh, that's not the actual is, end of the movie, which, though. No, the actual end of the movie is we go back to Colin Farrell, who is, I mean, I'm sorry, Tom Collins, and he is in a full body cast, and he's still alive, I guess, which is cool. Glad they put that in the movie. Yeah, there's a post-credit sequence where he's Oh, well, we did not watch that. Oh, really? I thought when you said that's not the end of the movie, I thought... Well, no, well, I meant the end of the movie is the most throwaway character of all, because once this whole time we mentioned the goddamn reporter... Who is yeah. so worthless in this fucking movie. Yeah, uh, one of the most important characters in the Daredevil universe who is just yeah. glossed over and played by Joey Pants. Yeah, like he's Joey, great. Our man Joey uh, Pants. I hate him. I like have he, no idea how you actually say his last name. Uh, Ponzi and Neil, whatever. But yeah. he like, it ends with him typing up the story, right? And like, it cuts to a, a fake keyboard that's got print and delete right next to it. Like, as if that's how the layout is. And then... I mean, it technically is on laptops. <laughs> Shit. Edit. No, it is insane. He types out what, like a full article. Like it's not like he types a headline, which is like, "I know Daredevil's origin." He types out an entire article, gets to the very end, and says, "Daredevil is Matt Murdock." 
looks at it for five seconds, and then proceeds to slowly delete it instead of just closing it and not saving it. No, did we did we cover the way the keyboard's laid out? I did, but then he, like, this Pugs character tells me I'm wrong. That he says that print and delete are next to each other. I'm pretty, sure on, I'm pretty sure on laptops they are. Maybe print screen. I mean, I guess this is also 13. The important ago. thing is that the delete key ju- doesn't just slowly delete the thing you just wrote. Yeah. To, that would be the worst hotkey in it, it, all of also, PC computing. <laughs> delete del- deletes what's after it, not what's before it. Backspace deletes what's before it. So That's it should just be pressing true. backspace the entire time. And just close it. It's a computer. If you don't save it, it's gone. It, it doesn't get saved yeah. somewhere. So I need to cover here what is going on in this movie. So I pulled up the Daredevil soundtrack that we've been referring to, uh, the album, uh, and just just to p- pick a few highlights out. We, the movie opens with Won't Back Down by Fuel. Ugh. It contains uh, a song by Saliva, Ugh. a song by Seether, Ugh. Learn the Hard Way by Nickelback, Ugh. The Man Without Fear by Drowning Pool, Evening uh, Evening Rain you know, by Moby. God killed yeah, Drowning Pool's right. lead singer for a reason. <laughs> Bring oh, Me to Life God. by Evanescence. Chevelle Hoobastank. Hoobastank. <laughs> Hoobastank plays right before your eyes. Uh, Evanescence has uh, uh, My Immortal, Finger uh, Eleven, and God. The Twelve Stones all have a song in this movie. God. Which you cannot ignore. They are not in the background. Or... Oh, no. They're in the captions. You, like I said, usually when I see a movie and there's a soundtrack, I don't always pick up on the songs. If someone might say, oh, did you catch that X song in the movie? I would have been, oh, no, I missed it. You could not miss these. Well, what's the are... is usually in a movie, you hear a song and they're doing like an establishing shot or there's like something that is not dialogue-related action, like a person driving in a car or you yeah. know going into an office. Then when the acting starts, the music fades out. This movie never fades the music. Everything just happens as if someone is listening to the radio and will not turn it off. Oh, my God. It's, it's insane. <laughs> I've never seen a movie where the soundtrack is so loud and during the actual movie, like during yeah. dialogue. Like I said, that scene with Kingpin, that song plays while they're having a conversation. I'm the kingpin. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy. I mean, <laughs> let's just talk real quick about. Thanks, it. thanks for tuning in to Daredevil the radio play. <laughs> I mean it's it's not it wasn't that bad. Uh, let's get to this real quick at the end. Michael Clark Duncan is waiting yeah. for the Daredevil to show up, and they get into a fight. It's not a particularly. It's actually a pretty awful fight, and uh, it ends with Daredevil setting off the sprinklers, which makes him really good at fighting, I guess. No, and that is not what happened. I'm gonna. I'm not he, gonna lie to you. I sort of. He there is water pipes, like not pipes, glass visual pipes of water. He's going got through. running water going through his walls for no explicable. Yeah, water, like no reason. like as like wall rivers. Yeah, oh, and that's yes. what it was. Yeah, wall they rivers, were yeah. not sprinklers. He they broke the rivers. glass that had wall rivers in them. Say wall rivers. Sorry, I didn't. I don't. I hate to correct. That is that was such a ridiculous. Poke, thing. say it. Bring it up. Wall rivers. Thank yeah. you. Now continue. Who me? Oh. Yes. So he breaks the wall rivers in which <laughs> Kingpin's pants get wet, and you can see that he's noticeably wearing very thick knee pads because his oh. pants like cling to them. But um, he falls over. I guess Daredevil kicks him in his knees and breaks both of his kneecaps, and he falls over. And the ending of the movie is basically they're coming to arrest him for being the kingpin. And he's like, I'll tell everybody you're Daredevil. And he's like, go ahead. 
tell him at Rikers you got beat up by a blind man. And it's like, well, I'm assuming he's not the only person you've sent to prison. Two, he doesn't have to say why he wants Matt Murdock killed. He just has to say, kill Matt Murdock. He's a crime lord. Nobody's going to ask questions. <laughs> like, you are in severe danger, and so are all the people you know and love, because this man knows who you are. I just thought it was like, they, such a weird ending. Like, they're like, well, that wraps it up. He won't say anything. Even if he was chum in the water, wherever the fuck the line was, Love like, water. blood in the water, like, even if it was that, some guy comes up to fight the kingpin, and guess what? The kingpin beats the shit out of him. Yeah. Guess what? No more blood in the water. Because <laughs> he's Michael Clark fucking Duncan. Yeah. Yeah, and he is fucking ripped in this movie. When he takes his shirt off and he's, like, flexing yeah. his arms, I was like, damn, this, he should have been, like, a predator movie. He's so, when he, like, gigantic. When he was in his suit, I'm like, he looks kind of out of shape. And they took his shirt off and I was like, he could crush a skull yeah, with, was, like, two yeah. fingers. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> he looks out of shape because he had muscles I did not know could be muscles. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. <laughs> I do not have those on my body, so I assume they were fat. This <laughs> uh, way... Is is Green Mile the sequel to this? Yes. Yeah, okay, he's so. put away. It turns so. out to have a heart of gold, and that's what's important. That's, but that's, that's it's, nice. it's not really fair because the Green Mile uh, is the sequel to all movies. So. <laughs> is it? <laughs> Wait, yeah. Hold on. It's a sequel to Big. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Just name <laughs> oh. the movie, and we'll tell you okay. how it's a sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver Stone's 9-11. Well, I mean, you can't do that one. That, this is obviously a prequel to it because oh, the one guy ends oh. up uh, yeah. in a plane. He's flying back home to see his wife. At that yeah, time, where the rats are alive, and and they uh, they zoom in on his ticket, and, uh-huh. it, and it and it has the date of nine eleven on. Oh, uh, okay. And then we zoom out. All right. What about Bob? Which one's what about Bob? The one where he runs for president? No, that's wait. Michael Clark Duncan runs for president, or Bill Murray runs up to Lake, Lake Winnipesaukee and, and. Well, I don't know if you're paying attention, uh, but you remember the character in the Green Mile that was sort of fucked up and like evil, mm-hmm. and he kind of like he electrocuted that guy, oh, you know, and yeah. he he gets kind of like he gets he gets taken away and yeah. into an asylum or whatever. Oh, it's a whole intense scene, yeah. Well, Bob, uh-huh. not Bob, but the the therapist yeah, yeah. in the opening, Doctor Leo Marvin. Doctor Leo Marvin is treating him in the opening oh. when Bob shows up. You probably missed that. You probably I did miss that. Yeah. That makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wayne's World? <laughs> uh, well, Post, want to do that one? Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> A bit done. I'm Edit. still just, like, shocked that you guys know the name of the therapist and what about Look, Bob. We will... <laughs> I'm shocked you don't! <laughs> that movie's yeah, movie amazing! Like years. Oh, you need to revisit What About Bob, baby. <laughs> I got entirely confused with a movie that I think might be just be called Dave, so... Yeah, yeah, you did. And, yeah, Bill Murray's not... <laughs> Look, guys, just don't worry about it. We will and then I was this. confused if it was uh, all about Steve. Is that a that movie? Sandra Bullock movie where she plays, like, a crossword puzzle writer. That's not <laughs> that a movie. That sounds enthralling. It, it is 100% a movie. And she's it's a psychological obsessed thriller. With, I think it's Matthew McConaughey and follows him around the country while he reports on bizarre news stories. Look, we will cover... Dear God. We will cover the connections all movies have to Michael Clark Duncan in our other podcast, oh. Give Me an Inch and I'll Take a Green Mile. Uh, God damn it. We will... We will cover it... We will cover it... Alternatively titled, I Would Walk 500 Green Miles. But uh, 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 what I'm hoping to do, <laughs> I thought your pokes hitting his head. So I, I, that was either that or just a real slow clap. Oh, that okay? was the sound of me loading uh, my pistol with bullets. Oh no! Oh, cool. <laughs> if it was Daredevil, he would be able to feel how many bullets was in there. Yeah, I can't That's tell true. right now. Could be five, could be six. Also, you think I'm scared of gun violence? I live in Chicago. Well, I mean, I live in another state, so I'm going to have to drive to murder you. I was just going to kill myself. Oh, he's going to real astronaut's wife you. You're going to want to edit this. 
terrified. Because <laughs> when you disappear, I'll be the first one to... Yeah. Hey, if you can edit out that neighbor stuff of mine, too, that'd be great. You know standard police policy. You are aware it's like 11.30. I'm not editing jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, I think we've had enough to say about Daredevil. Oh, yeah. I forgot we were talking about Daredevil, guys. We got sidetracked <laughs> by three miles. Can we just... So... Can so, we just talk like friends? <laughs> no! No, because we have to watch a like, bad movie. Clear before we started recording. <laughs> have you not noticed you know. the, the movies we make you watch? That is true. You anyway, guys... Michael will return for Time Cop 2, The Berlin Decision, a movie I did not just make up. I'm so excited for that. <laughs> I am too, because it's got to be better. I, I'm going to go quick, ahead and go on a limb and assume neither one of you would recommend this movie. I was about to say, would you, would you recommend this movie? No, because it is obviously bad. Everyone knows that it's bad. It's famously bad. But it, it only has a couple of sequences that are fun bad. Uh, the yeah. playground fight is fun bad. Uh, all the song changes are hilariously stupid. The Sparks fight in the warehouse bar is amazing because I, literally everything electrical is exploding all at once for also, an entire just five like a minutes. fence inside of a bar. It's insane. Uh, those are all amusing. But other than that, is really bad, awkward, no chemistry rom-com bullshit jammed in for a, a literal hour. Uh, and the fight scenes aren't very good, and the CGI is so atrocious that they CGI a rat at one point. Oh yeah, for no good reason. There is a scene where yes. they CGI Daredevil like going up the side of a building, and it could not look no. less like a human uh, being he's <laughs> unless they had just put in like one of the robots from Transformer. It like, looks like it's, at times they cut to like the the video game Virtua Fighter. Like it's what it looks yeah. like. You ever they, see they, like when you get a movie sometimes, and they'll have like a scene which they decided to cut before they finished rendering it, and so everything just looks yeah. like play doh. Yeah. You know when that's that what moment like. when a game cutscene has it all the way loaded? <laughs> you know when you tape ta- when you tape ping pong balls to a balloon and just let it go, then CGI a superhero to it? You yeah, know that's when, what it looked like. You know when you've suffered like a really severe head trauma due to some sort of car accident <laughs> and everything looks really blurry and you think you might be dying? It looks like that. You know when your grandma draws color pictures for you and makes you wear her glasses and tells you it's your parents? It's like that. You know when you take MDMA and then watch uh, a Thailand ripoff of Toy Story? <laughs> you know when you're underwater and you're like really close to dying and everything looks like it's going to be good? It looks like that. You know when your children shove a pillow over your face? It's kind of like that. You remember those animated sequence in the old Encarta encyclopedias that were on CD-ROMs? It looks like that. Do you remember, like, Pong? Imagine that, but shittier. <laughs> Are we done? Uh, yeah, I think, I think we're done with that sequence and this podcast. So thank you for listening to our Daredevil episode. Once again, I have been Ben Chapman. As always, you can find me at the Disco Pony on Twitter. Michael? Uh, I am Michael Hayes. Hey, wait, you have a plug. I actually have a plug. You have a real plug. Yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm going bald. No, and tell him. Well, tell him now. I have. I've been getting hair plugs. <laughs> no, the oh, real thing. Okay. He's not no, just I, a I, member, you know, or he's not just the president. He's a member. I forget what the fuck that yeah. thing is. Go. <laughs> okay, so Rogaine is great. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I, you're getting into the Rogaine game now. <laughs> is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> Okay. Uh, no, I have a, a podcast you can you can catch me up on. Uh, it's called Ketchup Kitchen Catchups, and I uh, catch up with people and uh, eat ketchup. I, it's I fucking do fantastic. Not this podcast because I've not been a guest, so fuck it. Hogs, I'm gonna make a uh, Ohio trip soon. I'm gonna see a bunch of Ohio people. Yeah, as a bottle baby, I can approve. Oh, are you a bottle baby? I'm a bottle baby. Oh, yeah. coming out. Yeah. I like it. 
I don't know what that means, but it sounds like Ben might have some stories to tell his parents about artificial insemination. Definitely listen to Ketchup, uh, Kitchen Ketchups. The best part about it is most of the episodes include our friends uh, uh, that are all fucking hilarious, usually a teensy bit drunk, uh, mm-hmm. too very drunk, uh, enjoying ketchup, mm-hmm. catching up, mm-hmm. uh, doing bits. It's it's spiraling into madness right now. I won't spoil anything, but the the, 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 the narrative of the podcast oh, there's is a story. Sp- yeah. Spiraling into a mad, into madness. To, to heighten it, there's a, there's a there's a call in line, the squirt line. Oh, the squirt line. Yeah, four one nine seven squirt. Please call in. That is not made up. He has an actual call line for the podcast, and he plays the the clips on every episode, and they are fantastic. Uh, if you need somewhere to start, my episode is fantastic. Thank it is you very really much. Good. I mean, um, I don't know. I've listened. It wasn't that great. <laughs> so it would be uh, as good as the one I was on, if I had been asked. <laughs> Folks, you want to you want to wrap us up here? Oh, uh, you can find me. Uh, oh, Mike, you do, can they just search iTunes for that? Yeah, yeah, it's on iTunes, on Stitcher, on Google Play. It's on every wherever you find your podcasts. Search for Ketchup Kitchen Ketchups. All right, you can find me on Instagram at its Pogues, and you can listen to this really good podcast I do every week called Not Another Origin Story. You should check it out if you haven't listened to it. It's real good. <laughs> it's like a Windows screensaver, but your laptop is dying.